Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 190 of the Wolf Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis all around the trends and back practices of wealth management technology. Welcome to our monthly episode of News. For June, we have the following stories. One, Pershing Insight Conference. A lot came out of that. Number two, Redtail Client Portal. Number three, iCapital's new alternative investment marketplace. Number four, Smarsh and my rep chat, patent fight in federal court. Number five, LPL hires new tech executives. Number six, our roundup of AI news and wealth management. Seven is the Keats' Ezra Group map updates for June. And eight are the integration score updates for June. But before we get started with the news, I have a message for you. If you are the executive at a broker-dealer, enterprise RIA, family office, or a TAMP, your tech debt is holding you back. Your old software platforms are rusty and falling apart, and they need a complete overhaul or to be replaced entirely. Your disparate systems don't communicate with each other, and it's driving your op staff and advisors crazy with manual processes and other errors. If this describes your company in your, in your tech infrastructure, you should run, not walk to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can evaluate your technology ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or run an RFP RFI and help you implement new software to help take your firm to the next level. You can take advantage of our free consultation by going to ezragroupllc.com. That's Ezra Group, E-Z-R-A, groupllc.com. A few quick housekeeping notes before we continue. We support a number of nonprofit organizations that do fantastic work for a variety of causes. And one you should check out is the Invest in Others Foundation, which you can learn more about at investinothers.org. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And now, let's kick this thing off. And our first story, Pershing X is now Pershing Wove. It was a very eventful uh, time that I spent at the Pershing Insight 2023 conference uh, the first week of June. Uh, One of the biggest announcements at the conference was the uh, Pershing X platform that's been under development for the last 18 months launched uh, on, uh, I believe it was June 6th, with a new name called Wove. Now, this is a multi-custodial, interoperable wealth management tech platform. Now, this is one of the first new enterprise platforms on the market in quite some time. And we love competition in uh, at Ezra Group. We love new vendors coming out, new technologies. Now, some people may point out when it comes to <clears throat> wealth management platforms, especially portfolio management-centric platforms like Wove is, that I wrote an article four years ago now that said 50 portfolio management systems can't all survive. And there are a lot of portfolio management applications on the market, but most of them focus on RIAs. There are very few enterprise-grade, large broker-dealer, large enterprise RIA, really big iron uh, platforms that can support uh, some large-scale systems. So uh, we're hoping that uh, Wove can do that and that they're they're moving into uh, that market as well. Uh, And they're backed, of course, by BNY Mellon and Pershing some of the largest uh, providers in the space, public company, so that they've got some good backing and good support. Uh, Now, they are pushing very hard on their ability to deliver a tightly integrated application to provide a seamless advisor experience, uh, which they said a lot uh, 
back at the, the conference. There was a good quote in investment news from Chuck Fela, president of Sovereign Financial Group, who described Wove as another example of the textodian concept. First time I've heard of textodian. It's a good one, Chuck. And it's a trend that is building momentum. You have custodians getting into tech and tech players getting into custody. I view that as a positive. That's what Chuck said. The highly competitive RIA space lends itself to these types of innovations that all try to increase efficiencies. I have to agree with Chuck on that one. <clears throat> so we had, as he mentioned, uh, of course, all most custodians have some form of technology. Uh, certainly the, the, the biggest three, uh, Pershing, Fidelity, and Schwab, and even the ones below that next year, firms like Trade PMR, Altruist, Apex, all tech uh, have very strong tech platforms. So it's not new <clears throat> that custodians are getting into tech, excuse me. And we recently heard uh, Investnet announce that they are going to be offering custody in partnership with FNZ. So we are seeing tech players getting into custody, uh, but custodians have always offered tech. What they haven't offered is multi-custodial tech because it oftentimes can be said it's not in their best interest to do that since they make their money from custody fees. But that's uh, uh, Pershing is bucking the trend. Now, uh, there was a couple of good reviews of the platform. You can read online if you want really in-depth uh, reviews of the feature functionality that came out in this version 1.0. Of course, this is the first version of the platform. There's going to be more in the future. And uh, we've seen the roadmap. And it is impressive that they've really uh, uh, pulled out all the stops in, in building out this platform. But of course, the first version can't have everything in it. Of course, you wouldn't have a roadmap. Uh, you can read over at the T3 Technology Hub by Joel Bruckenstein, and uh, he has a good review of, of the world platform. And talking about the things that aren't there yet, uh, according to Joel, multi-custodial multi capabilities are not fully built out. Notifications are limited to native Wove applications. Straight through processing of trades is not yet there, nor is location sensitive, tax sensitive rebalancing at the household level. Again, not surprised. These are very complicated features that I wouldn't expect in the 1.0 version of the platform. Now, Pershing has made it clear that they are going to be adding third-party applications and integrations to their Wove platform, but uh, not like TD Ameritrade did where it was basically a smorgasbord, a universe of every application. They're only adding ones that, are, that will be best of breed in, in their opinion. Wove currently supports only two financial planning applications, Money Guide and Conquest. If you haven't heard of Conquest, they came from Canada and uh, primarily based in Canada at the, at the, at the present time. And now uh, Pershing made an investment in Conquest and now is integrating with them and, and building their uh, financial planning tools tightly into Wove. Pershing also announced collaborations with a, num a number of other firms integrating with Wove, including uh, Pantera for held away assets, Purefax for billing, and the biggie Salesforce for CRM. So how the what level of integration these uh, firms will have into Wove, we don't know yet, but based on what uh, uh, the, the CEO Ashley Simmons is saying, it should be hopefully seamless and, and tight uh, with uh, a lot of abilities for advisors to use them inside the platform. Now, one of the biggest issues, uh, the biggest benefits of the Wolf platform is it supports multiple custodians. Now, uh, that's the plan, and uh, of course, it's not available yet. There's some questions about how exactly this will work. Since most tech vendors uh, have, to, have to SSO, single sign-on, into Fidelity or Schwab 
the other two big custodians if they're going to use the new account opening and onboarding workflows. Now, that's a bit of a bifurcated user experience for advisors, that they are in the, the application, going through the process, and they need to switch over to the custodian website to finish their workflow. And that's a bit of a pain. It's been that way for many, many years, but it's a bit of a pain for a lot of RAs that we work with and firms we talk to that uh, have to do that. And we're not really sure why Fidelity and Schwab require that. Um, most of the vendors I spoke to didn't want to speak on the record. Again, I'm not a journalist. I'm just a consultant with a blog, but they didn't want to comment. I guess they uh, don't want to um, uh, rock the boat with uh, their partners at Fidelity and Schwab. Now, uh, I did speak directly to Ainsley Simmons, CEO of Wove, when I was at the Insight Conference, and she confirmed that they've negotiated agreements with both Fidelity and Schwab to gain direct API access to not only account opening, but also other functionalities such as money movement and uh, intraday um, cash updates, things like that. So it sounds like they are going to be building a very tightly integrated, seamless experience that may be different than other vendors or maybe not. Um, maybe they're leaving a little bit of wiggle room here that they're going to do it very similar and that they'll open the accounts most of the way and then hand off to the custodian. We do not know. We'll have to wait and see how that works. Other aspects uh, that came out of the Persian conference that I liked, uh, a revamped NetX investor portal with integrated real-time chat with advisors or operations uh, and lots of other integrations, including venture playing tools like Money Guide Pro. And they also redesigned many of the screens to display more data in uh, more intuitive layouts on the NetX investor portal. They offer, they just launched a no-code builder for the NetX investor portal, a no-code or rather configuration tool where you can customize the look and feel of almost all aspects of the NetX Investor Portal using a basic wizard rather than having to uh, deal with developers or, or call it uh, purging to, to manage the stuff. So you can do it yourself. Another very cool thing I liked about, uh, that was that was uh, presented a purging demo to me built into the NetX 360 Plus, not NetX 360, but NetX 360 Plus is Next Best Actions. This is super useful, I think, for a lot of firms where you can look across all of your clients and it sorts them by a proprietary algorithm that shows which clients have actions they recommend that you take. So those could be things like, hey, this client's been um, um, adding uh, money to a particular account or depositing money to a specific uh, account for saving or for retirement or for college for X number of months or years, and they stopped. There's something wrong or this client has a CD rolling over, or this client has been on the website uh, 15 times today, maybe you should call them. So those types of, of uh, data being gathered across the entire user base of, even, of an RIA or a broker dealer could be very useful for advisors to help them identify outliers, identify uh, tasks that they need to take care of. We're expecting to see a lot more of this type of technology, both next best actions, as well as uh, chatbots, uh, large uh, la language learning models where you can interact with the the platform just through a chat interface, such as things like, hey, can you? Uh, I need a form for a deposit. I need uh, a new account opening form. I need um, whatever uh, particular information you need from the custodian. Just type it in English into the chatbot and it returns the information you need. That's really uh, the future of a lot of um, reducing a lot of the customer support requirements by get, by empowering the users to talk directly to the application. 
So uh, the Insight Conference went really well. Uh, we really enjoyed seeing the Wove platform looking forward to the next versions of Wove as they add more capabilities. Our next story in the news, Orion launches a new client portal for Redtail CRM. I'm working on an article and the article is gonna be called, Don't Bring Me Another Client Portal. And the reason that's called that is that was a conversation I was having with a broker dealer client. Um, when someone mentioned, hey, there's a new client portal, not this one, but not the Redtail portal, but another portal. And the, the, uh, this is the, uh, the CTO of the broker dealer said, don't bring me another client portal. It's the last thing we need. And the reason is most firms, and if you're out there, you're, if you're running a wealth management firm, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got minimum two, most likely three portals. One is your uh, custodian portal, whoever that might be. Number two is your portfolio management system has a portal. Number three, your financial planning software most likely has a portal of its eMoney or MoneyGuy Pro, for example. So that's three portals. And uh, especially with RIAs that have this problem, their websites, when their clients log in and they want to know how to get something, they've got three options. Well, do you want to do you want to check your portfolio holdings? Click here. Do you want to look at your financial plan? Click here. Do you want to check your statements from your custodian? Click here. Very confusing for advisors. So I'm always interested when uh, a portal's coming out that's going to fix this problem. And there are already a lot of portals. If you take a look at the Kitsis Ezra Group Advisor Tech Map, which you can find uh, every month on Kitsis.com, there are there is a client portal category, and we have seven products in that category. You might be thinking, well, seven's not too many. Well, that's just the ones that are only client portals. Because remember, uh, on the map that Michael and I uh, work on, every vendor can only have one logo for the most part. So um, the seven logos in the client portal category are just products that are only client portal. Uh, however, there are 11 all-in-one platforms that have client their own client portal as part of the platform. Uh, three financial planning tools, uh, that's besides eMoney, which uh, is in the, the client portal category as well. Uh, three other financial planning tools that have uh, a, a portal. There's 22 custodial platforms and broker-dealer platforms that have portals. So let's say seven and 11 is 18 and three is 21 and 22 is 43. So 43 different portal choices. Plus you've got client file sharing options like box.com, Dropbox, ShareFile. That could be another website they have to go to. So lots of options for uh, firms to have to pick and choose between. So this portal from Orion, according to the company, it's the industry's first CRM with a connected client portal. Now, Ryan acquired Redtail Technology back in 2022. And with that acquisition, they were able to procure the services of the wonderfully, lovely, and talented Brian McLaughlin, former founder and CEO of Redtail, and now president of Orion Advisor Tech, who um, gave me the opportunity to speak with him about this new portal. So uh, it sounds great, like everything we'd ever want. It's flexible, it's expandable, it's integratable. It should be able to handle a lot of the things that firms are using multiple portals for, assuming they can get it all, all built out. Now, the uh, Orion, of course, has both an investor portal or client portal and an advisor portal. And uh, both those things are running. So this will be another portal for Redtail clients. And whether how they handle it, I would imagine they'll um, merge their existing client portal with the Redtail portal in some way, shape, or form. 
according to uh, Brian, there will be beautiful engagement for an uh, account onboarding through the portal. You'll be able to look at financial planning um, uh, features and reports. You'll be able to look at your portfolio tied in on that portal, the, the Redtail portal. And advisors will be able to customize or rather configure their own portals, turning on and off features, um, hopefully through some sort of wizard or simplified configuration option. According to Brian, the new portal will be available to all Redtail clients by the end of June. That's this month, just uh, another 10 days. And pricing the uh, red all Redtail plans will include the client portal, which I'm sure makes broker dealers very happy. Now, Orion clients, now they don't, of course, they don't overlap exactly. The Orion, Orion clients and Redtail clients, I think when they first announced the acquisition, they said there's about 2,000 or so uh, clients that use either Redtail or Orion, but not both. So that's a huge upsell opportunity for both firms. Uh, Orion, existing Orion clients get Redtail technology included in the package. So it's basically free. And it also will include the Redtail Speak product, which is their, their, um, Texting, uh, texting compliance tool. Just going through my notes here with Brian, a couple of interesting points uh, I didn't want to forget. Now advisors can also launch the Orion proposal generation tool and the new account opening wizard directly from Redtail CRM, allowing them to create and deliver proposals in a fraction of the time while streamlining the account opening process. We love integrations here at Ezra Group. The more integrations we see the happier we are. It's always better for advisors if they can stay inside their application of choice and access other features and functionality. Um, we talked about integrations. Um, we talked about other opportunities here. And one of the things I was always interested in um, with Redtail, and I, I'm glad I got to talk to Brian about it, is the issues we had with Redtail being um, uh, lacking some enterprise features. For example, each Redtail database, if you're a broker-dealer and you've got a bunch of OSJs um, uh, working uh, uh, rather, uh, underneath your, your uh, corporate CRM, if each one has their own Redtail version, those instances are discrete. There's no way to roll that data up if you wanted to see a consolidated report across all of your, your clients, uh, across all these different OSJs. You can't do it because each Redtail uh, instance is discrete. However, They've uh, now with new integration with Amazon Redshift at Orion, they can now pull data right out of Redtail, suck it into Redshift and pump it into Salesforce. Oftentimes the home offices at the broker dealers use Salesforce and the individual RIAs underneath will use Redtail. We always had a big issue. You had to export the Redtail databases by hand, put them into something else, move them over, massage it, big pain. But if this works the way Brian says it works, it's going to be so much easier for broker-dealers and uh, TAMPs, uh, RIA aggregators that have multiple RIAs or practices, teams underneath them that have discrete Redtail uh, instances to just pump this through Redshift. Really love that capability. We're really looking forward to this new portal. Uh, if it can do everything it says it can do, that it can unify uh, a lot of the capabilities that advisors have to launch multiple portals for, uh, if they can handle all, all these functionality inside of one portal. We would really, we'd really, really appreciate that, guys. So please do it for us, please. Uh, but we will be seeing soon what comes out of this new client portal. And the next story we have on the June news, iCapital launches a one-stop shop for advisors seeking alternative investments. A recent study 
shows that 70% of advisors are using alternative investments in their client portfolios. Advisors are currently allocating an average of 7% of their assets to alternatives, and they anticipate increasing this allocation to 10% over the next two years, revealing a growing interest in the category. Uh, I also checked into a couple of the surveys, and they're all showing around the same number, 67, 68, 70% of advisors using alternatives, which is up from uh, 59% in the first quarter of 2022. So definitely rising, probably the, the market volatility and, and other issues are driving more interest in alternatives. And we're seeing a lot more firms like iCapital launch marketplaces that enable and facilitate uh, advisors access to a wide variety of different alternatives. For example, um, the global alternative assets under management, global alternative assets under management are expected to increase to 23 trillion by the end of 2027, up from 14 trillion at the end of 2021, according to the latest Frequin data. So that's a, a huge market for alternatives. Now, given the S&P has not been faring well recently, uh, more investors are seeking alternatives as all, also for um, things that aren't tied to the, the S&P. We're even seeing articles in Forbes about uh, alternative investments. Now, the new iCapital marketplace was developed using the firm's proprietary and patented technology, noting the platform provides an all-digital investor experience that bridges the structural divide that has historically separated asset managers, advisors, and clients from alternative investments. Uh, there's lots of other tools out there that we've been seeing um, that iCapital is now joining the, this club to have with this uh, this marketplace. Other marketplaces such as Case, Halo, Luma, Simon, and uh, Joe Lonsdale's new platform called Opto. So certainly a lot of new platforms out there uh, giving advisors more choice, which we like. Let me just take a quick break from this interview to talk about the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to uh, be participating in this charitable organization, and they give me the honor of uh, every year helping to judge some of the charities that are going to be awarded uh, money. And uh, you can get uh, money for your charity if you are a financial advisor or an advisory firm, and you can also uh, participate in a program that Invest in Others is running called the Charitable Champions. This recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities. Let me just read a little bit. This is on their website, investinothers.org. Uh, the Charitable Champions recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities by promoting a culture of philanthropy amongst their financial advisors and staff. You can submit your firm name uh, to the, the, uh, the organization. Uh, the application is already open. The deadline is July 7th, and the winners will be announced August 16th. Submissions will be evaluated blindly by a panel of advisors based on criteria including leadership and culture, events and activities, incentives, contributions, and impact. Now, I'm not a judge on this. I judge other, I judge usually advisor charities. And um, it's very difficult to do that kind of judging because they give us 10 charities with 10 advisors. And we have to decide which advisor gave the most back to their charity and helped them the most. It's really tough, uh, but you know all the money is going to a great cause. So please go to investinothers.org. And if you are, um, uh, running a financial advisory firm, sign up for the charitable champions list. Here we go with the next story. Compliant text messaging vendors slug it out in federal court over patent disputes. 
Text messaging has become a critical channel for client communications. And did you know that 80% of all consumers prefer to use messaging to communicate with businesses? Texts have a 98% open rate. I didn't know that. Uh, compared to email with only a 20% open rate. And 90% of the text messages are read within three minutes of receiving them. Those are pretty impressive numbers. So it's important for advisors to uh, be able to text message with their clients. And of course, important for it to be compliant. And uh, firms are required to make these communication methods compliant, using in all, usually using software with sophisticated capabilities, such as, of course, archiving every text that goes out. And then also lexicon blocking, so blocking certain types of uh, messages or certain phrases, uh, customizable workflows, automatic regulatory updates, and of course, archiving integrations with archiving tools or, or other different systems. So those are some of the key aspects of the different software that are compliant uh, messaging uh, tools. So the vendors that provide the tech behind some of the two of the biggest vendors in your space or the, uh, the other technology uh, behind uh, vendors uh, products, Smarsh and MyRepChat, the technology is provided by two different companies. Uh, one is called Cell Trust. They provide the tech behind Smarsh's text messaging archiving and a company called um, IOLake. I apologize. Uh, Ion Lake, sorry. Ion Lake builds technology and their product is called MyRepChat. So Cell Trust sued Ion Lake for patent infringement. Now, according to the article, and this is the only one I've seen on this, so there could be other context I may be missing. I apologize if anyone wants to fact check this article uh, in investment news. But um, that Ion Lake, uh, with Smosh, of course, is the leader, uh, and Cell Trust is the leader in the industry. Uh, but then my rep chat started coming on and grabbing a lot of business, closing some deals. And according, according to the article, then Cell Trust decided to sue them. Uh, so whether that was um, justified or not, apparently the, 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 um, the jury decided it was not. They sued them for $2 million, claiming patent infringement or violating their patents. But a federal grand jury, a federal jury found that uh, not only did they not infringe on the patents, but those patents from cell trust were invalid. Now, reading the, the text in this article, again, it's not a detailed description of the case, but it sounds like cell trust wasn't patenting specific code. It was patenting a process for archiving text messages. I've got a, a, an opinion on this in general. I don't like patenting processes. You know, a process is something that anybody should be able to do. It's the patent office, the patent um, process was for specific technology. You create to solve a problem, not the process for solving the problem. Again, just my opinion, uh, a patent attorney may see it differently. But if this is truly what cell trust patents are about, just the process of um, archiving text messages for advisors, I don't see that. I agree with the jury that it's it's not, uh, that those are invalid. And that's that's the opposite of, what the patent uh, system is for. This is squashing innovation or squashing competition, not protecting specific technology that you built. So basically, there's no if no impact on anyone here. No one's going out of business. The um, as, as we said, they found the patents to be valid. So everyone keeps going. Smarsh and MyRepChat keep selling their products. And you can find them at smarsh.com and myrepchat.com. LPL expands technology team with two more executive hires. 
LPL Financial, a broker-dealer which supports over 21,000 financial advisors. Wow, that number is big. Uh, announced Thursday that it added Nitesh Ambasta. I apologize if I'm butchering uh, your name. Uh, oh, no, sorry, Nitesa. Nitesa Ambasta. Uh, apologies for, for the mispronunciation. And Christy Edling Day as Executive Vice Presidents and Group Chief Information Officers. Ambasta will oversee technology experience for investors, while Edling Day will handle the digital experience for advisors. That means she's in charge of ClientWorks. This is this is big in my mind um, because we interact a lot with ClientWorks through uh, firms we work with uh, that um, uh, are under the LPL umbrella. Uh, also, LPL we've done some work for as well. ClientWorks platform has has really um, improved over the years, become a, a highly capable, fully end to end wealth management platform. So uh, Edling Day, who's now in charge of ClientWorks joins the LPL after 17 years at Vanguard, where she most recently served as the Chief Information Officer and Head of Technology for the Asset Managers, Financial Advisor Services, and Institutional Investor Groups. Uh, now, Ambasta will focus on delivering new products for prospects and client management, custodian clearing services, practice management, and wealth planning. Uh, he will also lead investor-facing functionality in the Account View Client Portal. Ambasta joins LPL from JP Morgan, where he was their Chief Technology Officer. This is a, a common practice for LPL. Uh, they've been hiring a lot of executives from, uh, from wirehouses. Uh, for example, they hired uh, Vivek Papu, uh, former head of advisor platforms at Merrill. And they also hired um, Kabir Sethi, who was Merrill's head of digital wealth. They hired him away, and now he's chief product officer for LPL. You can check out our interviews with some of uh, the LPL's executives. For example, episode 164 was with Kabir Sethi. And episode 158 was with uh, John Rajess, and we spoke about the Affinity Program, which is how uh, third-party vendors get access to client works for, with integrations. Uh, it's a great uh, listen on that, that podcast because of how important it is to understand how the Affinity Program works. If you want to get access to 21,000 potential advisors for your software, knowing how to get into the Affinity Program and knowing um, what you need to do, how, you need, what, how your software needs to be able to integrate is important. Uh, so we, we covered that with John, uh, and it's also why it's important to hear uh, they're bringing a new executive on uh, in Christy Edling Day to run ClientWorks. So looking forward to seeing uh, the changes coming forth in the ClientWorks platform. Well, you can check out LPL Financial at LPL.com. Due to the overwhelming number of products out there in the wealth tech space, advisor tech space, that are building AI features, we decided to create a dedicated segment during the news just for AI stories. So here it is. AI stories this month. At the Pershing Insight Conference, there was a breakout panel called Leveraging Data with Artificial Intelligence. And uh, there are two speakers, um, and I've got some notes here. Unfortunately, I don't know which one said which, but I'll tell you who the speakers were. It was Priya Gore, Managing Director, Data and AI at Microsoft, and Susan Emerson, SVP, Global AI and Analytics from Salesforce. And just a note, we'll be having Susan on the podcast in a couple weeks. Top five barriers to AI adoption and wealth management. Number one, cost of the technology. Number two, lack of trained staff. Number three, not enough supporting infrastructure. Number four, lack of adequate testing, it's important. Number five, concerns about trust and ethics. Uh, some other great points made during this panel. Every public company should expect to be asked about their AI strategy on their next analyst call. 
Don't put your corporate data into a public AI model like ChatGP or Google's Bard or anything. Uh, if you do, you're basically handing over the right to use your data for learning and to generate new content. So your corporate governance must be in place and enforced when it comes to AI. Second AI story, Catchlight using AI for email generation. Catchlight is a company we've covered before on this podcast and also on the blog. You can check out, uh, we recently had them on uh, episode 146, leveraging artificial intelligence to improve prospecting for advisors. Catchlight is a tool that uh, that improves the prospecting process for advisors. It reviews the advisor's pipeline of, of uh, prospective clients and then orders them in the in a, in a way that they believe is more conducive to closing the deals and provides the prospects that are higher propensity to close or to convert based on their financial complexity. Uh, it's a great tool. Uh, it's gotten a lot of traction with advisors. And now they have a new feature, AI-generated emails that advisors can send to those prospective clients that they recommend they talk to first. So it's built into the platform. Uh, it leverages generative AI in conjunction with their lead insights to develop, uh, to create emails that are personalized to each prospect. So each email is unique and advisors can, of course, make edits or, or generate a new one based on their objectives. So it's an, it's an evolution of the whole prospect engagement process, which I think is going to be uh, changing significantly as tools like Catchlight become more popular and become integrated with all the popular CRMs and makes it, uh, makes it ubiquitous for every advisor to have these kind of recommendations, sort of a next best action for prospecting. Next up, FMG launches chat GPT integration for social media caption. Another great use for generative AI, uh, anything around social media, uh, working on uh, editing uh, blog posts, summarizing posts, unsummarizing or expanding on bullets. Both those uh, areas are great for a generative AI model. We, we use it at Ezra Group. Uh, when we do a blog post, we uh, often use run it through uh, a chat GPT to summarize it, to pull out the, the top uh, bullet points. We also, when we're doing projects for clients, our strategy work, we usually transcribe every call, record and transcribe every call for the clients. And we do a summary of the call and the software that's doing the summary is getting much better. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing fewer and fewer edits on these meeting summaries. Uh, it's getting much more powerful. So FMG, which is a digital marketing firm, financial advisors, announced a new enhancement where uh, they already offer social media content for advisors, but now they're offering captions, uh, the ability to build the caption. So normally the, the social media, rather the content um, curation tool like FMG would provide a bunch of social media choices, uh, content for an advisor to post either blog posts or uh, newsletters or um, posts on different um, uh, channels, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn and so forth. But the advisor would have to write their own their own um, caption about the content. So now they're using a generative AI and they're personalizing what they're calling the voice print profile. Well, it's more of the text print profile. It's, it's how the advisor writes. So they, they say they're capturing information, learning, their, their model's learning about how each advisor likes to talk or how they like to write when they're talking to clients, writing to clients, and it's modifying the output based on that. Love to see if that's if that's working the way they say. So I thought you really need a lot of information, um, you know, hundreds of data points before you can deliver that type of learned uh, output but maybe they've got something better. So you can check out FMG at FMG.com. Next up, Pulse360 Rephrase AI Writer. 
Pulse360 is software that automates meetings for advisors, it automates all the, all the tasks around prepping for meetings, executing meetings, and following up on meetings. Saves a lot of time. Uh, it's very efficient software. They've added a generative AI uh, uh, addition to their software, which is specifically trained for the way advisors communicate. So similar to what FMG is doing, but this is for all advisors. So you can, of course, go to any generative AI, Bard or ChatGPT, and, and ask it to, to summarize something or to cons or to condense something, and it'll do a decent job. But what Pulse360 did was train their version of generative AI and just the advisor's world. So it should deliver much better and more accurate output that requires less editing than the vanilla chat GPT, which was trained on a wide range of data across multiple industries and you know, casual and formal. So um, what they're calling rephrase at Pulse360, which you can find at Pulse360.com, is available to anyone using the software and allows you to uh, write more concisely to condense uh, longer communication that you're sending to a client or expand a couple of bullets into a, a more of a full paragraph. Very handy for advisors to make technical advice easier to read uh, and vice versa. So check them out at Pulse360.com. Our last AI story, Orion reveals chat GPT integration. So uh, with their purchase of Redtail, which we, we mentioned in an earlier story, uh, Redtail had been working on some artificial intelligence features for a number of years. I know it's spoken to Brian McLaughlin about it uh, in the past. And now they're coming out with uh, this uh, generative AI uh, extension that's based on, that's going to be plugged into Redtail Speak, their compliant texting platform. And well, it also links back to an earlier story we were talking about compliant texting. And uh, a third of advisors already view AI as the most disruptive technology trend facing the industry. And I think that stat came from before last November when uh, generative AI exploded. So bringing a chat GPT extension into Redtail Speak is going to be very helpful for advisors that what they're saying is that they can see the potential to feed data points into the system and the AI will suggest ways that advisors can talk about portfolio analytics that go beyond traditional reports. Uh, Brian McLaughlin, the president of Orion Advisor Tech said Speak was the most natural place to put that because it's conversational. He doesn't think they have any deadlines per se, but they want to make sure they go and explore all the different avenues as quickly as possible. So that should be out soon. And that's a wrap for our AI, our, our AI segment of the news. And now one of my favorite parts of the news is talking about the Keats's Ezra Group Advisor Tech Map updates for this month. So what do we do? A lot of changes uh, this month. Not so uh, many new products, but other types of changes. Lots of category changes. This is something Michael and I do on a regular basis, a sort of ad hoc as things occur in the market, new products come on, new features and functionality, uh, vendors are acquired and other types of things. It changes the nature uh, of the industry and sort of changes the nature of the map as well. As more products come out in certain categories, uh, we may expand the categories, contract them, change them just to make it more, because again, this is a tool for advisors. So we wanna make it as helpful and as useful as possible. So the changes this month, we uh, changed the category of proposal generation to sales enablement. And a lot of that was driven by uh, the Riskalyze rebrand to Nitrogen and to a growth platform, which we 
uh, consider a part of uh, sales enablement because that now this nitrogen platform isn't there. They used to be in risk uh, investment data analytics or risk tolerance. And of course, the growth platform is not just a risk tolerance platform anymore, nor is it just investment analytics anymore. Riskalyze also had PropGen and now it's nitrogen. So they could be in PropGen, but it didn't really describe the, the full capabilities of the new platform. And a lot of these proposaling tools also offer other capabilities besides just proposal generation. So uh, PropGen is now sales enablement, which you think is a better description of this category. And I expect it to grow. I expect a lot more firms to, to uh, find new ways to help advisors uh, find nurture prospects. You know, as, as Nitrogen put it, they sit between uh, the marketing tool and the investment management platform and sit on top of the CRM where they provide that added value in between there. So a lot of these other tools also do sort of a similar um, uh, capability set. So sales enablement, new, uh, and nitrogen is now moved there. They're no longer in the risk tolerance category or I'm just double check before I say this, they're no longer in investment data analytics, but you can find them in the advisor tech directory, which is also um, on keats.com. Um, so in the directory, since it's a database, you can have as many secondary categories as you want. On the map, you only get one category. Other changes. Uh, we change student loan, specialized planning, student loan subcategory to the more broader education, which I think fits a lot better um, to some of these because uh, they weren't all student loan related educational tools. And the final change, uh, social media archiving category is now communications archiving. Since there's other types of archiving, texting is not social media, but that archive is included. Uh, websites, not social media, is also included in this archiving and other types of things. So general generic communications archiving is now the category. Firms, uh, products that were added to the map this month, seven new products. One is Optivice, which was added to specialized planning. Other, it's a debt and loan management tool. You can find it at optivice.com, O-P-T-I-V-I-C-E. Caribou uh, was added to specialized planning healthcare. Uh, CaribouWealth.com, just like the animal caribou, and they are healthcare planning. Grayminders, or sorry, <laughs> that's the problem with some firms' names. G-Reminders is, I think, how they want this pronounced. G yes, G-Reminders, G-R-E-M-I-N-D-E-R-S. But if you look at it as one word, it's reminders. greminders.com, automated scheduling and reminder solution for professionals. And they're added to scheduling. Then we, uh, uh, Raymond James, their RAA custody unit has their own custodial platform. So they were added to the custodial platform section. They're at raymondjames.com. Current client is an advice engagement tool. Uh, it's basically around client education. So they want you to uh, keep connecting with your clients after you onboard them, uh, keep nurturing them. So this isn't sales enablement, even though it's nurturing. It's more of, as we mentioned, advice engagement. Uh, and it's a lot of it is about education. Current client, just like it sounds, .com. And finally, Monarch. Monarch has been added to the client portal section. It is a client portal with personal financial tools. I did meet with the team behind Monarch. And I believe one of the founders came from Mint was one of the original people in admint.com. So clearly a lot of knowledge uh, about personal financial management and they built this tool. I haven't signed up. They gave me a free trial to test it out. It looks pretty cool. So check it. Their website is monarchmoney.com.
Com. Potential, uh, not potential, removals. Uh, we do remove applications from the advisor tech map when they go out of business, which is rare, uh, or when they're acquired, which is much more common. Two uh, firms, two products were removed. 20 over 10 was removed from advisor Legion. They were acquired by FMG. And Genivity was removed from specialized planning healthcare. They were acquired by Lumiant. Before I finish this segment, someone posted uh, when uh, we, we we post the, the map update every month. Uh, I think can't remember if this was LinkedIn or Twitter, but they said, "Hey, this market looks really fragmented because there's so many vendors on this on on the map on the map." It may look fragmented. What I replied was, "This map is not market share related and not market share based. It doesn't describe market share." Although it's something Michael and I are talking about how to show more um, on the map and show market share maybe by reordering the logos left to right, up to upper left to lower right as market share or make the logos. I thought make a little, make the logos bigger or smaller. Uh, I was always a joke I had with Michael about the size of logos. Like if I was making a company, I would call it Craig Isquitz, wonderful FinTech, amazing company and make the logo all those words because I would take up the whole map with my logo. Um, so it is a little logo skewed. If you, if you take a look at the map logo wise, you see that some logos stand out at you just because of how they're designed. Um, and those companies aren't necessarily the ones that have the most market share. Um, so it's not really it's a fragmented market in terms of market share. You, in most of these categories, there's there's two or three leaders that have a you know the 80-20 rule that have a significant portion of the market. Um, but it just looks we, we put every logo on the map as long as you can demonstrate you have a website and you are selling software to advisors. We're going to put you on the map because it's, we really can't keep you off. Because the idea is to show advisors all the chart, all the choices, and someone new with no market share, maybe something interesting that advisors want to work with. Uh, we can't. We're not judging the um, the capabilities or the strengths and weaknesses of any of the applications. So, not a fragmented market, uh, but more choices is always a good thing. And the final segment of the news is the integration score update. Uh, this is my favorite part of the news, talking about integrations. Uh, what have we changed? So we always update our, our integration scores uh, in sync with the Keats Ezra Group Advisor Tech Map. So what I just mentioned, the new products on the map now will all be scored and available on uh, Ezra Group website on our Wealth Tech Integration Scores page. You can check out uh, the scores of all these new products. We do also um, update scores as vendors come out with new features and functionality or the new integrations. Uh, they let us know and uh, we update their scores accordingly. So there's a whole bunch, I think there was, uh, 16 or 20 uh, updates this month as vendors added more integrations or built out existing integrations. Because remember the depth of the integration is the most important part. That's 50% of the score. The breadth and usability is also 50%. So building one deep integration is going to get you uh, a larger increase in your score than building five single sign-ons as an example. So we're always adding new new applications. And we're also, uh, every every quarter, we're going to look at the methodology and see if we need to tweak it a bit. It's kind of like Morningstar does with their some of their analysis, you know, the star ratings sometimes get tweaked. We, we're tweaking the integration score methodology to make it more accurate. And uh, we haven't updated it uh, in a while. So this is the first update since last August when we came out with the integration score. And what this changes to again make it more accurate, and uh, we also want to encourage more deeper integrations as I mentioned earlier. So the 
Scoring methodology is based on three underlying criteria, depth, breadth, and usability. And depth, we modified it to include all integrations rather than just focusing on the, uh, a group of 25 or 30 key applications. And we also increased the benefit if you have any integrations with a depth of four or five. So uh, we want to encourage that uh, and, and, and discourage the spamming of integrations. So uh, the, end, the end result of that depth change was firms that had fewer integrations, but deeper integrations, saw their scores go up a little bit. Uh, and also firms that had some deep integrations, but a lot of um, lower integrations <clears throat> um, weren't penalized. Because if you were to if you use a straight average, excuse me, if you would use a straight average, let's say I had two integrations, one's a level five, one's a level one, you just average them together, it's, that's averages to a three. But a level five integration is way more, is way harder to build than a level one. So we wanted to give them some benefit for that. So there'll be some offsetting of level fives um, for some lower integrations, which will slightly increase the score for firms that have deeper integrations. We changed the breadth score slightly. Um, again, it's only 25%, so it doesn't uh, impact it too much. And we did expand usability a lot. And the reason we did that was we wanted to focus more on the capabilities of APIs and the documentation in APIs and the support for developers. Because just having an API doesn't mean anything if the developers can't use it. If there isn't enough documentation, if there isn't sample code, if there isn't a developer sandbox, if you're not using good authentication software like OAuth, then the APIs aren't as useful. So we expanded the data we're gathering under usability. Again, it's only 25% of the score, but it does uh, increase uh, some scores slightly or decrease scores slightly if they don't have um, those capabilities around their APIs. Or uh, so you can check us out on our website, azuregroupllc.com. There'll be an update every month. We post a blog post. Uh, on wealthtechtoday.com. Uh, those two sites are linked. You can look, look up the, everything we spoke about there and, and keep up to date on the Wealth Tech integration scores. And before I forget, uh, if you are a Wealth Tech vendor, please reach out to us to make sure you fill out a survey so we have the accurate enough accurate data about your integrations. Because right now when we do our scores, we're only going based on publicly available information such as on your website. So if you have other integrations that aren't on your website, please reach out to us, uh, integrations at ezragroupllc.com, and we'll get you a survey link, and you can fill out the survey and give us all the information about your integrations. And I guarantee your score will go up because we'll have more information, right? If we don't have the information, we can't accurately score you. All right. Well, congratulations. You've reached the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and subscribe to our newsletter. Once a month, you will receive an email chock full of wealth management, goodness, news, information, updates. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for listening and talk to you all again next time.